robbed God. <clears throat> yeah, you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? And tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me, or test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you, for you in the field says the Lord of hosts. Pray with me. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word of truth. Now, God, Father, we posture ourselves as always in this church to hear the word of God. Lord, instruct us, teach us, God, what your word has to say. God, give us revelation, understanding, God, transformation. God, I'm asking today that there would be, Father, a, a, a removing, Father, of the veil so that we could clearly see what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this message this morning. And all God's people say it, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. Uh, so we have been in our series and now we are in, I believe, and I want to say I believe, the last part of our stewardship uh, series. And so um, just by way of recap, the first week we explored uh, the reality of God owning it all. Uh, we talked about the fact that that is a uh, very important foundation as it relates to our money, and that is understanding that God is the owner, that when we pursue our resources that way, it changes our whole way of how we handle those things that God give us. Week two, uh, we talked about kingdom priority, that the only way the kingdom of God is going to be priority in our lives, that all of us have to do some things on purpose. Everybody say on purpose that you're not going to prioritize the kingdom by accident, that you have to plan, you have to prioritize the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is to be the ultimate prize. It is the ultimate prize for us and our number one agenda in the earth, and that's to serve the interests of the kingdom. Last week, we talked about how to make treasure in heaven. As Brother uh, Edwin this morning, uh, he recited those five points as we talked about how that we, uh, when we give our money to certain things and certain activity, that there is a way uh, by which and how we handle our money that that money follows us into heaven. God sees, and how many know God is paying attention? Amen. And so today, I want to conclude this series today uh, with, if you want to give this sermon a title, uh, call it the Faith Challenge. Say that with me, the Faith Challenge. Say it again, the Faith Challenge. How many know that God challenges us? How many know that God tests us? I really want you to get into the the mindset this morning as we do this, because um, I understand 
the bravity by which I speak. I understand that our financial uh, structure, our financial life, uh, has a whole lot to do with our health and well-being. I understand that in the course of this past month that perhaps some of you may have heard some things and you may be, uh, some of you may be joyful, excited, I hope most of you are, but maybe some of you are a little bit apprehensive, uncertain, unsure. Um, I pray, I pray that you understand the spirit of this series. The spirit of this series has been to keep God first. If you want to really uh, kind of get the bottom line of what this series is about, it is about keeping God first. How many know that in life, that whenever we keep God first, everything else seems to work better? That, that oftentimes, and many of us, if we're honest, in our Christian life, we've gotten in trouble with God. We've gotten off course because we haven't kept God first. So this whole thing has been about bringing us to this place where we keep God first. And there's no better place to start than by giving God 10% of your income. Now, before some of you get like put on emergency brakes, I want you to take your hand off the emergency brake. Amen. I want you just to relax. Okay. This is not, as I said before, uh, uh, this is not a sermon to manip manipulate you or to make you feel bad. This is a sermon to inspire you. Because I know that on the other side of being obedient to God, there is a blessing. Amen? And I would not be a good pastor if I did not set you up for the blessing that God wants to bring about in your life. So I'm unabashed, I'm unashamed to speak the truth this morning because I am determined to see that our people in Foundation Church are a blessed people in every aspect of your life. The devil has been stealing from us long enough, amen? But it's going to stop. Now, as I said before, um, and let me, let, me, let me say this, because I want to make this statement about tithing, because some of you may be thinking that, and, and, and this, is, this is amazing, because I was talking to the Lord about this sermon, and, and I, my, my first thing was that to just kind of talk about this sermon in a way to try to convince you of the theological arguments about tithing, because there are some Christians who argue, oh, tithing is not for the day, and there are some that say this is an Old Testament principle, and there are some that say this is a New Testament principle, so I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll just take some time to try to convince them, and and the Holy Spirit said, no, I'm not going to this. I'm not going to try and make the theological points, because here's the thing. People who some people are just dug in. Amen. And they have no desire to give God 10 percent. They don't intend on doing it. So people who who are against the argument of tithing, they probably already have made up their minds. Probably. And I'm not going to say anything up here that's really going to change you. But here's what I want to do. I want to talk to the people today that are bold in faith. I want to talk to people today who would say, Pastor, I want to believe God. I want to step out on the deep end, and I want to do something that I've never done before. God, I want to trust you. So I'm speaking to people of faith this morning who are not looking for a way to get out, but looking for a way to get in. 
I want to speak to people that are not trying to figure out a way to give less, but try to figure out a way to do more because their God is greater and bigger, and he is the owner of all things. He's blessed you. I want to talk to people that will be bodacious and step out and say, God, here I am. I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm going to see what you will do. I'm here to tell you this morning as God's mouthpiece, let me hear me real well when I say this, you cannot outgive God, period. You can't. I'm going to show you today. I'm going to give you a little bit of history. But I'm going to show you why I believe that every Christian on the planet, everybody who calls themselves a believer, should start with the tithe, giving God 10%. Uh, I remember my kids when they first started riding bikes. And, uh, you know, every one of them, they had to get training wheels on their bikes, you know, because they'll fall over and they don't get it. But it's a parent's delight when you come home one day and you're able to take the training wheels off, right? And you take the training wheels off and you see your child just riding that bike and you're standing there and you say, go, go, go. I mean, that's a great feeling, right? You know, 10% should be the training ground. It's like the training wheels of giving that every Christian should start there. It's like where we start. Let me give you some statistics. Statistics show you don't have to take my word for it. Go back and study it on your own. That, how many know that America is a wealthy nation? That in most places around the world, they, cannot, they are nowhere near us in terms of our wealth, our possessions, our resources. We are a rich nation. But do you not know that, that most of a church only give about 2 to 3% of their money to God? 2 to 3%. You Explain that to me. Two or three percent of the income to God, the God who who gives us everything, and we are a wealthy people. And and, and here's the thing about it. I want to take it a step further. When we really think about this, um, you know, how many know that in the Old Testament it focuses on law, right? It focuses on the externals. But you know, in the New Testament, Jesus always dealt with the heart of the matter. Somebody say, well, why don't the Bible explicitly go over the issue of tithing? Because, well, first of all, Jesus affirmed tithing. He never, he never rescinded it. He affirmed it, but he never explicitly commanded it because the New Testament basically focuses on the heart of the matter, not just doing the externals, but God loves a what kind of giver? Cheerful giver, that means your tithe. So it is not to say that God has ever, ever said, no, I don't want you to tithe. I will find me one scripture in the Bible that says that, but I will show you plenty of scriptures in the Bible that says that the tithe is holy unto the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. Now, y'all need to stay with me, amen? So, so, so listen to this. And so when you think about what Jesus did, let me know that Jesus, I want you to think of him for a second. Do you think the God, our God, the new covenant believers, do you think that God would expect us to give less or more than 10% than what they did in the Old Testament? What did you expect? Come on. You think, do you really believe in your heart of hearts when you read this book, the same Bible I have, 
We both read this book. We all, I say we both, being me, pastor, you, audience. We all read this book. And as you read this book, you will discover that, that, that in the New Testament, they gave more. In Acts chapter 2, they were given everything. In fact, Jesus always raised the bar. He never lowered it. As, as my brother said this morning, the Bible, the, Bible, the Bible said, for an example, do not commit adultery, right? Everybody know what that is, right? But Jesus said, but if you so much look at a woman and lust after her, or a man, and lust after her in your heart, you've already committed the act. What is he doing? He's raising the bar. So in the New Testament, the bar is always raised. We're not to use this idea of giving God a 10% as, a, as, as an excuse to give God less. When you and I both know that the New Testament church, they always gave more. Paul, in fact, he bragged about the Thessalonians, the church at Thessalonica. He said it concerning them. He said that they, they, they had an opportunity to give, and the Bible said they had deep poverty, and they had nothing. And the Bible said, Paul said, they implore Paul. They beg Paul, don't you go by us and not allow us to give something. We want to give. And Paul said that they gave beyond what they had. They stretch themselves. Why? Because their priorities were in the right place. And so the, the whole thing, so what is this whole thing of tithing is all about? Why do we even talk about this issue of tithing? Where did it come from? I see you have a question, so I'm glad you asked. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. I want to teach you a little bit more this, uh, little bit this morning. Is that okay? Y'all got to help me. Y'all have to do better than this. You have to help me. Genesis chapter 14. Where did the tithe come from? <laughs> In Genesis chapter 14, look at verse number. I'm going to have you turn to a couple of verses. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter number 7. Okay? And I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 7. We're going to read verses a few verses there in Hebrews chapter 7, and starting at verse 1. And I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. When you get to Genesis 14, 18 through 20, say amen. Then Melchizedek, everybody say Melchizedek. King of Salem brought out bread and wine, and he was priest. Everybody say priest. Of God most high. Now hear that. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed him. He being Abraham. Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. And he blessed him. He said, blessed be Abram, watch this, of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now watch this. Look at this last verse. And he, being Abraham, gave him a tithe of all. Now did you get that? Now, hold your finger right there, and I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter number 7. Hebrews chapter 7. When you get to Hebrews chapter 7, say amen. amen. Now y'all should, should be opening your Bible, and you should be reading along. Because I want to keep you at the word. I want to keep it honest. Amen. I want to keep it true. Look at the word. Hallelujah. For Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 7, 
for, uh, uh, starting at verse number one. For this Melchizedek, talking about this same God, I'm going to talk a little bit about who Melchizedek was. King of Salem, priest of the most high God. All right, y'all hear that. Who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, watch this, and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a what? Part of all. First being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Watch this, verse 3. Say with me. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, watch this, remains a priest continually. All right? Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of all of his spoils. Now, turn with, turn with me to uh, Psalms 110, the book of Psalms 110. So you can hold on to Genesis, the book of Psalms. I wasn't going to quote this, but I'm going to go ahead and quote it anyway so you can understand who Mel this Melchizedek was. I said 110, right? Yeah. All right, I got to get there. All right. Look at verse number four of Psalm 110. The Lord has sworn, right? He's talking about the Christ. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, right? So now let's talk a little bit about Melchizedek. So here we go, Abraham coming back from the slaughter, and he sees the king, King Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek represents a type of Christ. There's some theologians who believe that it was a pre-incarnate Christ, uh, it was an angelic being, whatever the case might be. The fact of the matter is there was this Melchizedek. What was unique about Melchizedek was that he had an eternal priesthood. See, the Levites and the Jewish priesthood, it was temporary, all right? So Levites, his priesthood went forever, all right? Now, when the Bible says that Jesus will be a priest after the order of Melchizedek, what he was saying is that this Jesus will outlast everything else, and his priesthood is forever. You ought to say amen to that. Jesus' priesthood is forever. He is a priest, not after the order of the Levites. It's not here no more. It's, it was temporary. But out after the order of Melchizedek. Now, here's the interesting thing about Mel, uh, this guy, Melchizedek. He was, represents the type of Christ. So when Abraham sees Melchizedek. Now, you all know who Abraham, right? Abraham is the father of our what? Faith. Abraham is where this whole thing got started. You and I are the sons and daughters of Abraham. We come out of Abraham's bosom. So when Abraham sees this king who represents a type of Christ because his priesthood is eternal, all right, he bows down worship and he says, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything. Now, here's what I want you to understand about that. There was no law that commanded him to give him a tenth. 
There was not one law at that point. The law hadn't even been instituted yet. It was some four or five generations later. There was no law. Abraham sees this king that represents Christ, and Abraham, our father, say our father. Our father, our father Abraham said, look, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I got. So Abraham gave him a tenth. Some generations later, God now comes along, watch this, and God sanctions the tenth and makes it law. Are you, are you with me? Why does God make it law? I believe God made it law because Abraham had the right spirit about what the tithe was all about. The tithe was about, watch this, it was about worship. <laughs> God, I it was about keeping God first. Our father Abraham talked about this Jesus. How many know Jesus is a priest forever? And if this same Abraham blessed Melchizedek, who was a type of Christ, before the law, how many know we ought to at least do that for our king, Jesus, who is a priest forever after the same order of Melchizedek? God, now watch this. God blessed the tithe. Say that with me. God bless the tithe. Say it again. God bless the tithe. Even if you are one of those Christians that don't want to embrace the concept of a tithe, what you must understand is that God always blessed the tenth. Always. He never one time said, I don't want you to give me 10%. He never one, he never one time said that God always blessed. This was about, watch this. When people want to make the argument, say, oh, the 10% was just really to, for the Levitical priesthood, just to support them. No, th there was no Levitical priesthood when Abraham gave Melchizedek the 10, right? Abraham just did it because he said, I want to honor God. This is my way of honoring you. This is my way of God giving you first. God, I honor you. I'm giving you a tenth. The tithe is about honor and respect of a God who is worthy. Do you hear me? Amen. The tithe is about my honor, my affection, and my love for God. It is not about anything else. It's not, it's not meant to be laborious. It's not meant to be something that we frown about, get upset about. The tithe is holy unto the Lord. Now watch. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. So watch this. Let me give you a couple of verses that you can go home and chew on. Amen? amen. <laughs> chew on this. <laughs> amen. 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 So watch this. The spirit of the tithe is about honor. It's about respect. That's what, that's what this whole thing comes from. It came from nothing else. How many know that, 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 that Abraham, he's our example. He's the father of our faith. He's the father of our faith. And Abraham said a he set a pattern, and God later came along and says, that's right, I'm going to, right there, because what Abraham did, I'm going to bless that right there. Now watch this. Look at, uh, just write it down, because I don't have time to turn there, because i got to keep rolling. Proverbs 3, verses 9 through 10, says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions, there you go, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Everybody say first fruits. Now the first fruits have always been the tithe. Giving God, you, you see, first fruit means what? Look at me. First fruits means what? First. Right? Because here's the problem. Remember we said earlier that the reason why many of us, we get off course 
is because God is not first. And when God is not first, we run into a ditch. So I'm coming here today. I'm saying, look, I'm that, I'm that, that, that big old, uh, that record that nobody likes, the guy that comes and charge you all them. I'm not going to charge you no money for this, though. You know the guy you get stuck in a ditch and the big old wrecking truck come, they pull your car out and they rip you off and they charge you. I'm that wrecker that's going to let this be free. I'm pulling you out of the ditch and getting you back on the road to set you free. And the way that we get you back on the road is understanding it's not about legalism. It is, it is watch this, it's about the honor of God. And we start there. It says, honor the Lord with all of your possession and the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. See, that's what the sister was talking about. Overflow with new wine. Now watch this. Look at this verse. Uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy 14, 23. Watch this. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flock that you may learn to fear the Lord God always. How many know that when you give God a 10% every month, you, it's like you're just saying God first. You, 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 listen, it's your way of saying, God, I won't forget who it is that blessed me. Every time you give God his on the top, it's a constant reminder to you where this came from. Y'all with me? Y'all got to come on. Stay with me. Don't come back. Come with me. Don't let the devil steal from you this morning. Come with me. Stay with me in this. All right. All right. So watch this. So in Le Levitic, uh, uh, Leviticus 2730, write this down. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Holy unto the Lord. All right? So now, understand. So we've established a couple of things, right? That the tithe, the spirit of the tithe has never been about legalism. It was, not, it was never meant to be a forced act. It was to be an act of love and an act of worship in keeping God first. How many of you know that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God? Seek first. You, you, you got to keep hearing that. Everybody say first. first. Seek first the kingdom. God said, and all of these things will be added. Now, I'm going to show you some things this morning, so you got to stay with me. If, you're, if, you, if you don't listen this morning, you're going to miss something. So put your antennas up. Put them up right now. Let me see them. Hand, come on. Do this. Do this. Put your antennas. Thank you. Here we go. Stay with me. <laughs> I got to do that. How many of you know? That we talk about giving in this way because some of us, probably most of us, have never practiced the concept of tithing on a consistent basis. But how many know that everything that we do requires a level of faith with God? At the end of the day, here's, here's the thing, stay with me. At the end of the day, it basically boils down to this. Do you believe God. There's no amount of theology, uh, theology that I can give you. It's, it's, how many know that it comes a point in time we just can't say that we love God, we believe God, that there's some substance that have to come with that. Amen. The Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. Faith, you, how many know, the, Jesus said, if you love me, 
you will do what? Keep my commandment. Love produces action. It's not enough just to say, I believe God. I, God is my Savior. I love God. How many know you got to show it? Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. Faith without works is dead. The Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. faith. So we, we live by faith this morning. The just shall live by faith. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. These are faith verses. Amen. That's all they are. And it comes down to this. Are you going to believe him? Now, let's take it a step further. You still with me? Say amen. amen. Now, watch this. Oh, I love the word. How many love the word? How many of you like taking tests? Oh, well, I got Who said it? Who that? Who that said amen? I said amen. Amen. Look at that. Like taking tests. All right. All right. All right. Like taking tests. How many know? Oh, boy, boy, boy. Many of you don't know this. But, you know, God is a teacher. Y'all know that, right? Uh, he is the Ph.D., the H.A.D., the every E.D. He, he is it. I mean, I'm just, you know, he is it. He's a teacher. And God is making a ministry out of your life. God is always teaching you. God is always instructing you. And the way that God moves you from point A to point B, he has to shift you through some things in order to wean you off of what you trust in that you might learn to fear the Lord, that you might learn to trust him. So here's what God does. God is good, isn't he? See, God is good. God gives us a directive. He gives us a test. He gives us a directive. He gives us a test. See, I want, you, I want you to hear that. God gives us a directive, and then he gives us a test. He gives us a directive, and then he comes along, he gives you a test. Now, you must understand that your God loves you, and God thinks about you every single second of the day. He, is, he got mad love for you. But let me tell you something. God will always give you what is good and what is right for you. Nothing more, nothing less. God, how many know God got your back? And here's the reality. We don't even know what we really need. We think we know. We don't know. How many know we're dealing with a half deck every day? You don't never, listen, that's why the Bible says you live by faith. You don't have a clue what every day is going to bring. I know we like to be prophetic sometime and God give us a little bit of revelation and insight. But, you know, in reality, you don't have a crew. You're just out there. You're just praying. You got to trust them. God, I don't know what you're going to do. God, I don't see. And that's where God wants you. That's how he teaches you. He, he gives you a directive. Then he gives you a test. You think you know it? Do you really know it? Show me that you know it. Don't just talk to me to death. Show me. Let me give you a couple examples. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. All right. Look at this. Directive and test. Say that with me. A directive, a directive. and a test. a test. Nice and loud. A directive, a directive. and a test. One more time. A directive, a directive. And, a and a test. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number eight. Run there. Run there. Run. Run to Deuteronomy chapter eight. Get there real quick. When you get there, say amen. 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 Watch this. Every commandment. So I'm going to start at verse number one. Every commandment which I'm commanding you today, you must be careful to observe. Watch this. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. <laughs> Y'all still with me? 
And you shall remember the Lord your God. How many know you ought to remember him? Who led you all the way those 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> Y'all hear that? 40 years. We start kicking and screaming when we go one year, two years in the wilderness. 40 years. 40. Uh, by the way, God's calendar ain't like yours. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there for free. Uh, I, it may not encourage you, but it, it, it should. I mean, you, you just need to know the truth, and the truth will make you what? Free. God, don't, he ain't on your schedule. I know you've been kicking and you've been screaming. God's going to do what he want to do. <laughs> he ain't moved by that. Because his love is always going to set us up the right way. Um, and you shall remember the Lord your God who led you all the way in these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test. Oh, there it is. To what? Ain't that something? Some of y'all didn't realize that God gives tests. But you know the good thing about God, God's test? God will let you take an open book test. How many, how many used to like them tests in school? The open, I love the open book ones. You can get the book and read. Oh, yeah, I like that. God gives you an open book test. He said, choose this day what you're going to do, life or death. Now, if you choose death, you're going to die. Choose life, you're going to live. I mean, pretty simple, right? Watch this. He led you all the way. Look at verse number three. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. Now, that's seen now. Some of you will be calling CPS right about now. For all the new CPS, that's Child Protective Services. <laughs> God let them go hungry. That's why I say, look, uh, consecration week, y'all should listen. Miss some meals, hallelujah. Amen. How many know that going hungry is a good thing for the soul? Amen. Going hungry is a good thing for the soul. Let's put the chicken down. <laughs> Come on, put it down. Put it down. Trust God, watch this. So he humbled you, he allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manner which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, watch this, that he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Amen. He gives you a test, right? Gives you a directive, gives you a test. What was the test? All right, here's what's going to happen, God. Uh, y'all, I'm going to let y'all go through the wilderness, but sometimes I'm not going to give it to you right away. Um, let me, you know, sometimes, you know, when you first come into the kingdom, when I first got saved, some of you might be experiencing this now. When I first got saved, brother, let me tell you something. It seemed like my prayers couldn't miss. God just did miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, things just happened. They was like, wow, this is great. And then it came a point in time. I started praying and stuff just stopped happening. It seemed like the breaks just went, Eek! like God, where you at? God, I've been talking. You? you know, before, you know, when you first came, you could see God was gracious to you because you didn't know no better. You, you know, he, you're a baby. You don't, so he got to kind of do that. But at some point, God's going to let, you know, you know, like when a kid rides the, ride the bike and they take the training wheels off, as a parent, you'll, you'll kind of stay right there. you let them roll, and then you'll kind of push them. you step back. See if you can pull this thing off. I want to see how you do. Sometimes God has stepped back to see if you're going to do what he wants you to do. To see that when it gets really hard, will you trust me to stay in the fight or are you going to walk away and leave? 
because you keep telling everybody you love me. Well, let's see if you really do love me. So I'm going to let you go hungry for a little bit. I ain't going to kill you, though. But I'm weaning you. I'm going to let you thirst just a little bit. I got water. You know I got water. The earth is mine and the fullness thereof. I got everything. I got it all. But, but I'm going to withhold it from you just for a little bit because you need to rearrange the way you think. You got to trust me. And the only way God can get you to really put your trust in him is he got to let you go through some stuff that you and I spend all of our life trying to duck. <laughs> I'm not, am I helping anybody? Am I encouraging this morning? Some of you are like, I don't like this pastor. Okay, so I, got, I can't stay there too long because I kill my sermon. Okay, so, so God tests you, right? He pushed you into play. He said, look, I'm going to let you. I gave you a directive. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to be faithful to me. I want you to obey me. And wouldn't you know that in most cases when the children of Israel, when things didn't go their way, they got mad at God. In fact, God had to, God had to wipe out a whole lot of them because they just lost it. How do you know that God is working in your life? Do you hear me? Amen. Don't you give up on God. Do you hear me? Amen. God is not giving up. Don't you dare walk away. I'll knock you out if I see you trying to walk away from God. In Jesus' name, I'll knock you out. <laughs> Talking crazy. You've been through too much. You've been through too much hell to walk away. Now, what are you talking about? Walk, walk where? Come on, jump on in this thing. Amen. Let's ride it all the way in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. I know I'm acting. But look, I'm telling you, no, don't. I mean, we're in this thing together. Let's go. Ain't no time to turn back now. I don't have time. Look, wipe your tears and get up and let's go. We got work to do in the kingdom. Now watch. So God gave him a test, right? So 40 years. Now watch this. Verse 16. Look at verse 16 in that same chapter. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, right? God supernaturally provided. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Things have been tough. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know how you make it. But God supernaturally, God supernaturally provides. Why did he do it like that? So you can just keep looking up. Because if you had everything you wanted the way you wanted, you wouldn't look up much. <laughs> he want to keep you looking up. He want to keep you looking up. Watch this in verse 16. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you. There it is again. To do you what? Oh, hallelujah. See, that's why we got to walk with God, right? God's going to give you a test to do you what? Good. God is setting you. I keep telling y'all, y'all got to get this. This whole series has been about a setup. Some of you, been, don't let the devil get you upset. Listen, giving is, that's, that's, that's our mantle. That's who we are. <laughs> you want to give to God. You, this, is, this is your moment. This is a setup. God said, I, went through, I took you through all that so I can bless you in the end. How many of you can stand to be blessed? Amen. Well, let's look at another one. Let's look at another example. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to go just a little, I'm probably going over just a little bit. Is that okay? Amen. If y'all get tired, just say, okay, Pastor, I'm tired of listening to this. This ain't helping me. Then I'll stop. Possibly. Okay, now, y'all there? Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2. Amen. Now, it came to pass after these things, watch this. 
But God did what? Oh, here we go again. God, why you keep testing me? Now, you got to understand, God had been telling Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12. I don't have time to turn there. But God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to get up. I want you to leave. I'm going to show you a land. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. Your seeds are going to be like the stars of heaven. I'm going to make you a multitude, a great, peculiar, holy nation. In you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be breathed. And then he said concerning Abraham, he said, and I'm going to do it through your son, Isaac, your son, this is going to come. Now, how many know that Abraham was old? Sarah, Sarah was like in her 80s. How many know you, you got to be anointed to have a baby at that age? Now, watch. So, so here, Abraham had been waiting some 20-some years for this boy. The promise. But then the Bible said it came about that God, God, why you got to give me a test? Why? God, I mean, just give me a promise. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He, he, he's gonna test you. He, watch, watch what he said. Watch this. He says, Are you seeing there? He says, God tested him, said, Abraham. He said, Here I am. That's a good start, right? When God calls you, say, Here I am. All right? That's for free. You can't run from, don't run from God. Just say, Here. Now, then he said, Take now your son, your what? Only son. <laughs> now, y'all gotta get that. The one, then God, God, he takes the knife, he digs it in a little bit. He said, now, I want you to take your son, Isaac, your only son. Then, then, then God takes a step further because God wanted Abraham to know exactly what, because I would have been questioning God, like, God, what are you talking about? Like, do what? God wanted Abraham to understand that God knew what he was doing. God said, take your only son. Then God says, oh, yeah, the one that you really love a whole lot. <laughs> I want you to go and take him and offer him up as a sacrifice. Go take him and offer him up. Again, you'd be running, calling Child Protective Services, CPS. But what does, what does old crazy Abraham do? Take his boy. So, boy, let's go. Go up that mountain. Boy says, Daddy, Daddy. What, son? I, we got the wood and fire, but where's the sacrifice? I don't know. The Lord will provide. Just come on up, son. This is what the Lord. And, and he went up there and laid that boy. And let me tell you something. And Abraham got that knife. And he would, look, the scripture says in Hebrews that Abraham believed. Now, y'all got to get this. That even had God told him to kill Isaac, Abraham believed that God would raise him from the dead because God made him a promise. And God will never back down from his promise. Abraham said, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham resolved in his mind, well, if God killed him, God got to raise him up because he made me a promise. But so then Abraham gets ready to do this thing, and guess what the angel do? Hold up. Wait a minute. Stop. Look at verse number 17. Look at verse number 12 in Genesis chapter 22. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know, there he is, you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Well, how did God, how did God know that at that point? Get the test. You really believe me? Now I know now. Now, how many know God already knew? God knows everything. But that don't mean that God ain't going to let you go through the test. <laughs> Verse 17. Look at this. He says now, blessing I will bless you. Mm. 
Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Oh, church, y'all see what God does. God gives you a directive and then he gives you a what? God gives you a directive and he gives you a what? Turn over to Malachi. We're closing now. Malachi. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? Are you, are you getting just a little bit of help this morning? Now, understand, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. Okay. Now, so for a moment, just take your, take your eyes off of verse number eight. We're going to come to that here in a second. You remember what we said earlier. I won't, that's why I told y'all y'all have to stay with me. That the tithe was about honoring God, right? It's about honor. It's about respect. It's about love. How many know God is a great king? I mean, let me do. How many know God is a great king? Amen. Oh, he is worthy. He is the king of kings. Some of y'all don't know that y'all are really kings. You just need to act like who you are. You don't know who you are. It's a lion king. I've never seen that like that. You don't know who you are. Well, anyway. I got kids, what can I say? Got me Rafiki. You don't know who you are. Okay, let me keep going. Verse number six. Look at it. I'm, I'm just, write this down. Malachi 1, 6. Just write this down. I want you to hear the spirit of this. You still with me? Say amen. amen. He says, a son honors his father. This is God talking to the leaders. The ones who are supposed to know better. And a servant honors his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? Mm, Y'all hear this. If I am a master, <laughs> where is my reverence? How many know God want his? How many know God want his? Amen. Says the Lord of hosts, to you priests, these were the leaders, who despise my name. Wait a minute, God, wait, why do you say I despise you? What are you talking about? I mean, that's kind of some raw language there. God said, y'all don't even like me. <laughs> Watch what they say. He said, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Like, what are you talking about? He said, you offered defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you? You say the table of the Lord is contemptible. And you bring that which is blind. And you offer it to me. The lame, the sick. He says in verse number nine, offer that to your governor. See what he'll take it. <laughs> he said, will your governor or will your president accept this? No. So what's the whole book of Malachi is about? See, the whole book of Malachi is about this. They didn't respect and honor God. Here's what they did. They came in and they gave God the leftovers. Whatever they had, like Brother Edwin said, a dollar and 50 cent. <laughs> God is a great king. And how many know, and God is watching what we do. 
He, he said, the whole book of Malachi is an indictment. He says, y'all don't worship me. You don't treat me with honor and respect. You don't really love me. You come in here. In fact, you sneer at it. Read, read that first chapter. Read it in your own spare time. Read it. Go home. Look at it. He says, in fact, when you come and bring me stuff, you, you sniff it. You just go through the motions. You don't even, your heart is not even in it. What was happening to those leaders is that they did not honor God. They didn't put him first. They gave him what they had left over. How many know that every time we live like that in the face of God, God don't expect, God don't accept that. I, can, can I be honest? Can, can we talk? God will not accept when you treat him that way and call that an offering. God will not accept because he is a great king. Somebody ought to say amen. He is the king of glory. He will not accept. He's a king. He will not accept when we don't put him first. So then the book of Malachi, in Malachi chapter 3, he says, y'all have, have messed up badly. But he says, here's what I want you to do. Bring me all the tithes and offering into the storehouse. God, what does that tithe and offering have to do with anything? I mean, really? It has everything to do with it because it spoke to their attitude and where their faith lies. And it spoke to where their heart was. I mean, you know, your possession, your money, where your treasure is there, your what? Heart would be. Their heart was it. And God said, now, here's where you got to start. Bring me all the tithe and offering into the storehouse. Let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. You there? Malachi chapter 3? Because I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Uh, Starting uh, verse 10. Bring all the tithes, a tithe means 10%, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. What do we say the tithe was about? Honor. And it was about what? Respect. Reverence to God. Now watch, and, uh, and, and watch this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now. Everybody say now. 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 You know the best time to start tithing? Now. Well, pastor, let me wait until I get everything together. Now. You want God's favor to help get you out of debt? Pay him first. Now. Everybody say now. Not legalistic. I ain't fussing at you. Not at all. I'm just saying that when you honor God, God will honor you. How I many? It's a faith walk. Hmm. Uh, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Watch, it was, it, here's the return. How I many know God is good? He said, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, uh, I don't know about you, but you know heaven is loaded. God's, guess what's happening right here? It's another what? Test. Isn't that another test? He said, try me. In other words, prove me. Take a step of faith. Bring me the tithes and the offering to the, try me, trust me, test me. He said, watch what I, I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour you out a blessing that there ain't going to be room enough for you to receive. Is there anybody in the house who wants that kind of blessing? <laughs> and then God says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that 
He will not destroy the future. God said, look, if you honor me now, 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 I know you got some problems. I know you got some issues. I know you got yourself in a bad place. But if you honor me now, I obligate myself to rebuke the devourer. I'll keep you. I'll, protect, I'll get him off your back. I'll, bring, I'll work supernaturally in your life. I will pour you out a blessing. But you got to be faithful and pass the test. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in, you, in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And watch this in verse 12. And all nations will call you blessed, <laughs> for you will be a delightsome land. Isn't it interesting that God said, that God said, the folks that wasn't honoring him right, giving him respect. He says, if you just do this, I will take care of you. If you will be willing to take the challenge. Now, this is a challenge. It's not coming from me. It's coming from God. This is a faith walk. This ain't got nothing to do with legalism. It don't have nothing to do with, well, you know, um, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not under obligation. We ain't even talking about that. We're just talking about people who want to honor God. Honor God with temper. Why would you have an argument with God over 10% when he owns all of it anyway? Come on. Now watch this. So I prayed and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? We're going. I got the usher. usher brother, stand up. You got the card? What did I say earlier? What did I say? God gives you a directive and a, and a test. God gives you a directive and a test. You just heard a word today. I've been praying about this. I, I have not, this has not been something, and I will continue to pray that God will open up supernatural things for you. Not so that you can, because you already know, you've been taught all the past several weeks the mindset that we need to have with giving. You already know that. This is not a message about just trying to get so you can heap more up upon yourself. It is a message about honoring God and God blessing you so you can be a conduit, a conduit of blessing to somebody else. And if you're, and listen, if we can't do that, we're not living. Come on, church. Amen. I said, I said, God, I'm just, what about a four month? God said, no, I want to do a six month challenge. Amen. Six months. Here's the challenge. That you commit now, if you want to take the challenge, it's up to you, but here's, here's what the challenge is. That you will commit for the next six months, the next six months, I'm going to give God 10%. Six months. So if you've never done it, you've never done This is, I'm going to give God, and even if you did, but you fell off the wagon, how many know it's time to get back on? Come on, get back on. Six months. God said, okay, six months. Here's what I believe God's going to do. Here's what we're praying. God, well, you're going to discover that at the end of six months, first of all, that you're going to have more than enough. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. When I began practicing the tithing, me and my wife used to always look at it, and we used to go, like, it seemed like we got more when I thought I would have a whole lot less. You're going to discover God's going to make a way for you. Amen. You're going to discover you're going to have more, Amen. not less. You're going to have a degree of joy and happiness in your life because God is going to do some stupid miracles in your life. Amen. God is going to bless you. He says, listen, when you do this, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. I'm going to step up for you. I'm going to help you. 
you will discover by taking this challenge today that God is going to move and show you that all that you've been going through, all your struggles, it was just, listen, God is about to bring it to an end. Six months of faithful tithing. Six Amen. months. Six months. And, and I bet you that at the end of six months, I will have many of you be running up here talking about what God did. Oh, I can't believe, Pastor, I can't believe. You need to hear what God did. But here's the thing. Your situation will not change until you take the test. Amen. Take the test. Now, Brother Edwin, he has a card. Raise the cards up, brother. Now, here's, what the, here's the way we're going to do this. Everyone who want to take the challenge, and I, I was almost like, up at night worried about this, but the Lord said it's, it's on me. But everybody who's going to take the challenge, this six-month tithe challenge, you're going to receive from me. You're going to get a packet in the mail. So we want you to fill out that card completely all the way to the end. This is the date you started. You're going to be starting today. You're going to do the tithing challenge. All right? At the end of six months, you're going to see what God do. During that process, we're going to be praying with you. I'm going to be praying over your situation. We're going to be believing God together. I'm, I, I am confident that God is going to move on your behalf. Now, here's what I need you to do. For all you who want to take the six-month challenge, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Hallelujah. Six months. Six-month tithing. Great. I want you to hand the card to everyone. Come on, raise your hand nice and high. You bashful. You ain't got, Come on. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Raise your hand. Nice and high. Six months. Now, this is a covenant. Hallelujah. This is, you're coming into an agreement with God right now. We're coming into an agreement with God. We're coming into an agreement with God. Here's what's going to happen. Go ahead, brother. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want you to fill that card out completely. And then I want you to give, the, give your card to Brother Edwin. All right? Give your card to Brother Edwin. And then make sure you put all your information on there, and we're going to follow through with this. Now, watch. You, you're talking about blessing church. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We, was in, we were in intercessory. Our Wednesday night prayer, can I say this? And I'm, I'm technically done. But our intercessory prayer, um, I call it intercessory. Our Wednesday prayer is not really congregational prayer. It's really intercession. And we had an incredible prayer time on Wednesday. And we were praying and asking God. We know through just praying and talking to God that this is a hang-up. And, and this is the next level of blessing. If God's people, if you be faithful. Now, here's, what, here's what's going to happen. The devil is going to come to you. He's going to try to get you to quit. You remember your test, right? God gives you a directive and he gives you a what? He gives you a directive. He gives you a test. All right? Here's what you do. Stay faithful. Six months, and your situation is going to turn around. Your situation will turn around. How many of you believe that? You better believe it because God is faithful. God told me six months. I thought four. God said, no, six. I said, okay, God. And then I said, God, what if nobody accepts the challenge? God said, you stand up and tell them they'll accept the challenge. I was hoping I'd get two. I got more than two. 
because God is speaking to you. And you know what I just said. If nothing else, you know it came from God. Honor him and watch what God will do. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to have all the people that's going to accept the type challenge come up to the front, please. Come up to the front. Because we, we need to do this. Amen. So y'all going to make me stand like this? All right, thank you. Everybody like this side? Amen. I'm going to pray a prayer blessing. You know, everything that we do is about faith, right? I'm not afraid. I'm confident. I got a big smile on my face because you're taking a step of faith this morning. And the challenge is going to be that the enemy is going to try to whisper to you. But every time he does, you go right back and you pull over that verse I just read, what God said. Every time you try to whisper in your ears and say, don't, how are you going to make it? You can't do it. You can't. Can I ask you a question? If your, if, your, if your income today got cut 10%, will you still survive? Would you die? If your income was cut 10%, would you, would you die? You would figure out a way to make it work. You'll make it. Don't listen to the enemy. This is about honor. This is not a temporary. Listen. I'm not going to come up here and announce after six months. I'm not going to come up here and say, can we stop? No, no, no. What's going, to dis- what's going to happen if you stay faithful? I'm guaranteeing you will never come back here again. You will never come back to this place again because, boy, you'll, you'll get it. It's about faith. It's about faith. I know God is faithful. And I know God is going to meet your need. Don't listen to the voices. You're not doing it out of legalism. You're not doing it because you're scared God's going to wipe you out. You're doing it because you want to honor him for the rest of your life while you're on this earth. And if God blessed the tithe, then you ought to bless it too and give it to him. All right. Your heads are bowed. Father, I just thank you for these great men and women of faith. God, they are making a covenant, an agreement with you, God, to start tithing and giving you at least a 10% of their money. God, I thank you for your faithfulness, God. God, Lord, you know the struggles of some of them, Lord. Some of them are in some very tight spots, in some very tight places, Lord. God, their hearts, God, is to honor you. But God, I, I lay hands on them, Lord, as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, God. And the Holy Spirit of comfort to let them know, God, that you're going to be with them. And I am praying, God, that you would give them perseverance. I am praying, God, that you would give them breakthrough in their finances. I am praying, God. I am praying in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I'm praying, God, that that you would rebuke the devourer, God, that as they honor you in faith. God, this is a faith walk. God, they are saying they're going to trust you. This is not about Pastor Gary. This is not about anybody but you. God, you always, you said without faith, it's impossible to please you. God, these people, God, have come this morning in faith to give you minimal 10%. And God, I am praying, God, that for the next six months that you will bring about supernatural blessing. God, blessing coming from all over the place. God, show them that you're God. God and God alone. God, meet their need. God, meet them, Lord, in extraordinary ways. 
God, I pray that their faith will soar, God. I pray that those who are believing for better jobs, that God, that you would give them better jobs. I pray that their children will be blessed because they're honoring you this way. I'm praying they'll be blessed on a job because you're honoring them this way. God, I pray you would give promotions to those who are here because you, they are honoring you. God, I pray for supernatural breakthrough, God. And God, I know, God, that our church will never be the same. Our people will never be the same. God, give us the courage and give us the grace. God, when the enemy whispers in their ear, God, I pray you will silence the voice of the enemy. I pray you will silence the voice of the enemy. And Satan will not be able to deter your people. But God, I pray you will speak to your people and give them peace in their hearts. Give them wisdom, God on how to make you a priority from this time forth and forever, God. God, we love you. Now, repeat after me nice and loud. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for my gifts, for my money. Dear God, it all belongs to you. I'm making this morning a declaration of faith. I'm going to, you know, I want you to believe this. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. Just like it said. I'm going to honor you. And God, I'm going to believe you to help me. Help me, God. Show me, God. Move for me, God. I'm yours today. Take your money and do what you will. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing that I have not just enough, but more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise. Come on, another one. Come on, come on, come on. This is your breakthrough time. Watch. Now, everybody who has a card, make sure you give your card. Fill it out completely. That means don't leave no blanks. If anybody living in this century don't have an email address, something is wrong. You're from another planet. Uh, so make sure. All right, that's a.